Your stories don't define you. How you tell them will. Hi, I'm Sarah Elkins, your host and chief storymaker of Elkins Consulting. Many of my clients reach out to me because they're in transition. Their children are hitting milestone ages. They want more from their work. They're hitting a big number birthday. And they want to develop clarity about their natural strengths, what their next adventure might look like. In this series, you'll hear me ask my guests questions to dig deeply into the stories that shaped their lives, stories that uncover patterns and may unveil insights into dissatisfaction and also where their strengths lie and where they found and continue to find joy. This podcast's intention is to have listeners think of their own related stories and how they tell them, discovering the internal messages that are limiting their success and discovering how to shift their stories so they become positive life lessons to move them forward. If you're curious about what it would be like to work with me, visit elkinsconsulting.com and schedule a one-time 90-minute StrengthsFinder session. Episode 229, Uncommon Storytelling Tip Number 5. Three Ways to Tell a Story of Struggle Without Creating a Villain. Making someone out as the bad guy doesn't always make you look like a good guy. I knew she'd make a great addition to our team. She had the skills and experience and a good reputation in town. Twice during her interview, her stories about past positions started like this. My boss was a horrible micromanager and I just couldn't get the work done because they were constantly looking over my shoulder. In both of her stories, she was so derogatory about her former bosses that it made me uncomfortable. It's not that I didn't believe her. One of them was known to me, and her perspective of him was shared by other people who had worked with him. It was the way she told the stories that made me uncomfortable. She didn't seem to have a sense of where she might have contributed to the conflict, and She had no consideration about whether I knew him or if her comments were going to get back to him. We live in a small town, and even in bigger cities, you never know who knows each other. We are highly interconnected, especially within industries and network circles. It sounded like she was seriously burning bridges. Her stories made me wonder how she'd talk about our team and agency if things didn't work out for her there. She didn't get the job. Many years ago when I was on a date, the guy I was having dinner with told me story after story about his ex-girlfriend. I could hear the pain and disappointment in his voice, and I had a strong feeling he had experienced significant cruelty from her. But all I heard was his side of the story. I couldn't help but wonder how she would describe their relationship and breakup, and worse, whether this is how he would talk about me to the next girl. Are you seeing a pattern here? The stories you share and how you share them matter. You're building your reputation, your brand, the perceptions people will have of you every time you share a story. So how can you demonstrate your experiences, especially your most challenging people-related experiences, without vilifying the other characters, even if they deserve it? Here are three tips. First, tell the story as an observer, 
Remove emotionally charged words and judgment. Second, acknowledge the humanity of the challenging characters. People are multidimensional. Share something about what the person might be going through. And third, share the story for the lessons you learned. What would you do differently now in a similar situation? When I was 18 and struggling with a boss, my mom said, Sarah, work through this or you'll have the experience again. This is just another trial in your life and it'll come back over and over until you learn the necessary lesson. I've had my share of abusive bosses, believe me. They've been the ones who provided the majority of my most painful life lessons, providing fodder for some really important, pivotal stories that I've shared over time to help me process them and to guide others to making better choices than I did. It took once for me to realize how dangerous it can be to share these stories without intention. Intention in how I want to be perceived and intention in why I'm sharing the stories. The last time I had an abusive boss was the worst one. She's smart, driven, and a great visionary. She also had a lot of shit going on at home, and she was taking out her insecurities there on me at work. After six months, I started looking for a new job, and after a year, I was feeling desperate. My confidence hit an all-time low, and I found myself talking badly about her behind her back. I was sinking into exactly the kind of person I couldn't stand, and I really didn't like myself. I did something really hard for me. I reached out for help. I asked a few people that I thought would make great mentors to sit with me and guide me. After sitting with one through a lunch conversation about my predicament, he said two things that changed my life. Sarah, whatever jobs you apply for next, make sure the words special projects are somewhere in the title or job description. I have to say he was right, and I was absolutely shocked that he knew me so well. The second thing, Sarah, this isn't the first time you've had a boss like this. Remember, wherever you go, there you are, right? Ouch. He shared these comments in kindness and generosity, not as criticism or judgment. But he was basically telling me that I might be part of the problem, or at least that's how I heard it. The reality is that we are always at least a small part of a problem. And if we're seeing a pattern, multiple experiences like this where almost every boss we talk about was awful, or every best friend turned on us eventually, it's definitely time to look in the mirror. Now when I tell a story about that particular job, I focus more on a specific incident and the lesson I learned from it, rather than sharing the broad strokes of how I was mistreated. Here's an example. At a recent StrengthsFinder workshop, I shared this story. When I worked as a compliance officer for a multi-million dollar federal grant, uh, yes, compliance officer, and I don't even like rules, so it wasn't exactly a great fit for me. I had decided that with the right support and resources, I could do anything for the grant term of about two years, 
so I took the opportunity. Now that I look back at the experience, I realize how my strengths played into my success there and where they contributed to my struggles. I knew myself well enough to know that I needed to create processes and systems to keep myself accountable and to make sure I didn't lose details as I shifted into what I knew would become maintenance mode. And once I built a database with lots of drop-down and select menus so I could avoid manual typing wherever possible, I started to make calls and visits to get to know our sub-grantees. See, even then, before I knew it, I was using my talents and strategy and process creation first, and then my influencing and relationship-building talents so compliance would be easier for the sub-grantees and for me. They would want to be compliant as opposed to have to be. They trusted me with questions and concerns, and they liked me, which I knew would serve me well in this role. My boss's talents, now that I look back, I can guess at what they were, were complete contradictions to mine. Her perception of responsible behavior, or real work, looked like slaving over the computer, paperwork, analyzing data. I can look back at our relationship and see that beyond her personal struggles that were causing friction between us, she had rigid filters about what work looked like, and the way I was accomplishing tasks simply didn't look like real work to her. I didn't know how to express this to her, how to take her along for the ride of how I was approaching my job, so we were left with miscommunication and conflict. No matter how much evidence was piling up about the good work I was doing, our funders even asked to use the reports I was creating as samples and examples for their other grantees. But she couldn't see through those opaque filters of what work should look like. And no matter how much she tried to manage me, I couldn't see this from her perspective because my filters were so different. The beauty of the whole experience is that I learned so much about myself. I uncovered some damaging patterns from my career and have made significant changes in my approach to people who think differently from me, to people who have seemingly contradictory or conflicting natural strengths to mine. And the next time I came across a similar situation, I knew the language to use to avoid the same situation with miscommunication and anger. See how that story worked? Notice how I take some of the responsibility for the circumstances, acknowledging that we're both human and she was going through some stuff in her life. And still, I talked about learning lessons without sounding like a victim. Think about how the reframing of this story can have impact in how I see my own role in it when I share it this way, I can see how intentional I can be about how I want my audience to perceive me as compassionate, resilient, and competent. I have to remind myself about this every day with stories that I share. And one thing that helps me reframe is to consider what would my kids or my clients think if they heard this story? Am I modeling what I want to see? As for those other struggles without a bad guy, circumstances that have nothing to do with blame, 
You can reframe those too to avoid sharing the story from the perspective of a victim. Sparking empathy and compassion in others through a story is great, but generating pity and sympathy are not going to have the impact or inspiration you intend to bring out in your audience. And you're even more unlikely to be left feeling powerful and resilient. That storytelling tip will come later. If you're curious about getting clear about your values and motivation, and maybe developing clarity around a transition you're experiencing, check out my new Discovering Clarity course. You can find more information on my website at elkinsconsulting.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for storytelling tip number six, coming soon. Thank you.